I'm just on a street corner, and I'm playing a tune. A podcast, really. My laptop case is open, but it's looking a little empty. You could lend a buck or two, a meal for me, a story for you. I could afford to eat again, for all my work is free to take. Approaching minimum wage. One day. Patreon.com slash the laps. Hours of extra stuff and you help keep me running. And prevent me from singing. Thanks, folks. With that sung. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Lap Storytelling Podcast, where we tell true stories gussied up. I'm your host, Kyle Jest, and today is a first and a, well, a third, I suppose, because Jupiter Diego is back once again with another tale of a life very lived. If you've been listening since his first appearance, I think you'll notice from one story to the next, Jupiter Diego has been exploring more and more of his personal demons. And to his credit, I think that's what makes him such a great interview and a great guest. I never know precisely what's going to come out of our chats other than that he will be and and is absolutely and very much himself. I'm calling this one simply Sorcerer. See with your ears. This is The Lapse. Now you have to understand, I had never met this woman before, but I had heard about her. One, she was a phenomenally talented painter. B, that she liked to smoke pot every day. And C, that she was supernaturally beautiful. Helene, a good friend of Jupiter's wife, Susan. Helene's husband. His name was Siegfried. We call him Sig. Sig says to Susan, hey, you know, I got a good idea. My wife is an artist. And yeah, you know, your husband is an artist, right? I bet they'd really enjoy each other's company. There's a big wedding for a colleague of theirs. But what mattered to me is that I heard Helene was present. So, I find her. She's tall, blonde, lithe. I walk up to her and I say, uh, excuse me, excuse me, uh, Helene, who are you? Well, I'm Susan's husband, you know. Uh, but let me come uh, straight to the point here. You're married, I'm married, blah, 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 blah. They work together. We all know that. But you are going to become my lover. <laughs> she <laughs> explodes with this uh, little laugh. Okay, let, you know, let me stop you right here. You know, that's cute, and you're totally full of shit, and it's never gonna happen. I can prove. I can go a step further than that. I can demonstrate that it is preordained that our love affair will be forever. Okay, okay, I'll bite. How do you intend to prove this? Very simply. I'm willing to walk away from my home, my marriage, my assets. I am willing to sell every material item I own or to give it away. I am ready to don a simple white linen loincloth and a pair of sandals, having taken an oath of poverty until the day I die. 
to demonstrate my extraordinary love for you. I wasn't chasing her. I wasn't looking for an affair with her. But she had the audacity to be there. <laughs> the two couples, Jupiter and Susan, Sig and Helene, they plan a double date to see the Dalai Lama. While Sig rolls a joint downstairs, Jupiter excuses himself to the bathroom. What I did really is I, I went upstairs. The whole entire second story was her painting studio. And I just had to see her paintings. Magnificent portraits and abstract oils. And my head went into a wheelie. I mean, the woman was so phenomenally talented. At their table, awaiting the Dalai Lama. We're waiting for the Dalai Lama himself to make his appearance. Helene and I fall into a conversation. We feel as uh, the entire world has vanished, that nothing else matters. Even when the Dalai Lama appears, all we can see is each other. We're in a sacred cocoon. Oh, fucking goddamn it! I'm not having a great day here. Yeah. Fuck. Sorry, Kyle. God damn it! The fucking hell. Ah. You know. God damn it, man. That was my favorite loss. Right. It's, it's probably a good thing that I'm a little worked up. That's that's usually not a bad thing. All right. <laughs> Yeah, I was right. We're going to fuck. <laughs> uh. The next week, Helene needs to stretch a new canvas, but her usual assistant is out. So after all, since they're both artists, Sig suggests Jupiter. Naturally, I'm there in about a minute, right? And afterwards, the kind of moment is, okay, thank you, you know, now on your way. But I can't do it. I, 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 I start tearing up. I said, you, you, just, you just don't understand. You just, I need you to get this now. You're not getting this. I love you. She's... On the verge of saying, you've crossed a line, you're being inappropriate, thank you for your help, but here's the door. And you have to understand, she's about, you know, full foot taller than I am, too. I've sunk to my knees. She takes a couple of steps back. Why don't you just come with me? She leads me by the hand into her bedroom closes the door. She sits on the foot of her bed and, and she starts to cry. She makes herself completely naked before me and God. I can tell you what she said, uh, but I don't usually say this because people take it the wrong way. She sat Naturally, I saw the, isn't this desperate, isn't this pathetic? But then I saw Jesus. 
This is what she said. I saw Jesus, sincerity, authenticity. From that day forward, she refers to me as the sorcerer. She says, we cannot have intercourse without telling our spouses. And I'm not talking about asking permission even, but at least telling them. Because if we keep a secret, it will drive a wedge into our primary relationships. And it doesn't matter if they find out or don't find out, because we'll know. She was insatiable sexually. The most polyamorous woman I've ever met in my life. She liked to have three men at a time. A quote-unquote open marriage. I was not the first, the second, or the last affair that she would have. Helene's husband Sig doesn't sleep around much himself. He's okay with it. But Jupiter is dreading telling Susan. So Sig says, hey, New Year's Eve, why don't we have another double date? Be naked in our hot tub, smoke a joint, and we'll just kind of gently break the news to Susan. Man, that's so not going to work. So there we are. Uh, we're in the hot tub, and Siegfried is on one end, Susan is on the other end, and Helene and I are in the middle. This is what Susan sees. And Susan's really smart lady, right? Helene's fingers just kind of float to the top of the bubbly water. And then the fingers just kind of naturally interlace with my fingers. And she just gets it. She immediately gets the whole picture. Happy New Year. On the way home, she says, you cannot be in love with two women at the same time. I said, I understand your feelings, but if you're asking me to give up what I have with Helene, if you're asking me to do that, I'm sorry, but the answer is no, I just cannot do that. Okay. Pack your bags. I packed my bags. But it's two in the morning on January 1, 1991. So I don't know where to go. I go back to Sig and Helene's house. I knock on the door. Sig answers the door. I said, Sig, I'm really, really sorry, but it looks like Susan and I are headed for a divorce and I need a place to sleep just for tonight. So he puts me up in the guest bedroom, which adjoins his master bedroom. As I get ready to go to sleep, I have the sound judgment to swallow a dose of MDMA. A 
I wake up less than an hour later and I am in the most manic state imaginable. I pull out my laptop. I'm writing a story called Birth of a Monster. I'm typing about 100 words a minute. Tears are streaming down my face. I'm just trying to process this. I'm tripping my brains out. I've just typed this spiritually. I was giving birth to like the Loch Ness Monster by having two women I was in love with. Five in the morning, she comes into the bedroom, freshly bathed, completely naked, and she lies down, face down on the couch next to my bed. This is about six feet from her husband. I am so all at once confused, ecstatic, and depressed. Yeah, she's gorgeous and she's naked. She's right there and her husband is sound asleep in the next room. But I can't do it. I'm a sensitive guy. And I tell her, I mean, I'm just not ready. An hour later, I'm in the dining room. And she comes and this time she's wearing a bathrobe. She slowly and gently unties. She takes her breasts, first one and then the other, and her hands and puts them in my face. And I just thought, this is a woman who really understands my pain. Susan and Jupiter aren't speaking. It's actually Sig that ends up being the intermediary. This guy was so wise. He goes, look, here's what we do. We do nothing. They're like a couple of teenagers, and it's unstoppable. If we intervene, they're just going to rebel all the more. It's going to be more upset for everyone. But if we just sit back and play it cool, we can just watch this thing burn itself out. I guarantee you that Roman candle will be burned to the ground inside of a year. And he was right. But in the meantime, say, Helene, I have a good idea. You know, the seats in the back fold down. And this is what I love about her, man. I love crazy, okay? You know, Jupiter, it's so chivalrous of you, the way you ask me and sort of tell me. Yeah, let's turn down the seats and go in the back and fuck. I really loved her husband. Such a cool cat. We made it a ritual. Just the two of us, every Friday, we'd go skating down at the beach. He'd usually bring some pot. A couple times I brought some coke and we'd go skating. He really wanted to show the world that yes, it could work. That another man could be making love with his wife and that he could be big enough, tolerant enough and so evolved as to not be jealous, right? I thought this was extraordinary. I actually stopped and we're skating around and around. I stopped and I said, I really need to thank you. I need to express 
my deepest gratitude to you for letting me fuck your wife. And he goes, you're welcome. Who does that? You're going to be pretty a fucking ascendant. I'd only been out for a month, and then my wife took me back. She took me back, yeah. Imagine that, while the affair was in full force with Helene. I mean, look, the sex was great. I painted with her in her studio for a year. I learned so much about painting. I will, however, stipulate that there was one very significant difference between us. I had uh, camera collections, which were pretty vast. I put aside one Nikon body and two lenses that I thought she would particularly like. And she wanted to know how to use them. Now, to me, as a photographer, somebody wants to know how to use a camera and a lens. And the answer begins with, why? If you don't understand anything at all about optics or f-stops, rectilinear, it's like a point and shoot and just tell you where the button is. In her case, yeah. No intellectual interest whatsoever in anything having to do with that goddamn camera. After just 10 minutes in a context outside of her painting studio or her bedroom, we had absolutely nothing to talk about. She was about painting. She was about sex. And that's where I began to reignite my gratitude for my wife. Because, you know, here's a person who's genuinely interesting for decades. Who's really my best friend who I can talk about anything with. Sig and Susan. They decided that they were entitled uh, to take a slice of life for themselves, briefly. It was very clear they were not in love with each other. It was merely an effort to make themselves feel better. Helene and I, we were drunk in love. You know, I call it love or infatuation, it doesn't matter. We were drunk in love with each other, head over heels. Our spouses were not, right? Of course not. I had just, just the slightest twinge of jealousy, but I told myself, you open your mouth, you're the biggest goddamn hypocrite ever, so just shut up and suck it up. They have that right, and you gave them that right. In fact, you created that right. Well, guess who handled the whole thing worse than anybody else? started to smoke crack and she could not deal with my growing instability as if she was ever the paragon of stability right <laughs> but you know I, I outdid her she's in her upstairs studio window remember the whole second story of her house has been custom built. I go over there unannounced, wanting to be with her. She yells out her window, you're harassing me. 
you're harassing me. I'm fucking harassing you. The guy who has had his penis inside of you countless times and I'm harassing you. How dare you? I did what I'm sure you would do or any normal, sane, balanced person would do. I dug a pit in her front yard. I filled it with gasoline. I took off my clothes, stood naked in the pit, poured gasoline over my head, and I started asking people for a match. I thought that was perfectly reasonable at the time. We have uh, a love affair that is supposed to go to the end of time. We are clearly not anywhere near the end of time. Therefore, I have irretrievably and irrevocably fucked up, and I need to end my part in this. I mean, I, I mean, wouldn't you see it that way? I'll tell you who showed up instead, my mother and the police. I was carted off to Cedar sinai Psychiatric Institute. It was a lockdown for two weeks. That was the first, yeah. <laughs> More than once this has happened to me. Deep depression for about two years. I'm not seeing her. One day, I'm in the pharmacy picking up a prescription. And she's there. Hello, Helene. She says tentatively, hello. Let me tell you how this is going to go down now. You and I, right here in the pharmacy, right here, right now, are going to kiss each other so passionately on the lips because I know that you know that my love for you is undying. In spite of everything that's happened, you don't just love me. You're in love with me. You are passionately in love with me. And this kiss, though I know we'll probably never see each other in person again, seal the deal and commemorate forever and always the most unfucking believable huge romantic sexual and artistic love that like ever existed and she says you are my sorcerer and she draws me to her and as people watch in the pharmacy lobby we kiss and we kiss, and she kisses me a million times, and nothing else mattered for either one of us for the rest of time. That's, the, that's it. We're, that's the end of the story. That's the end of the story. You gotta end, you know, no, I never saw her again. You gotta end on that. Don't, don't, don't come back with questions in the edit. It's like, uh, you know, it's like, uh, you know, and for the end of time, till the end of time, right? We love each other. No matter what happened before, it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. We love each other forever and nothing 
matters. Okay, that's how you need to end it. I mean, really, okay? Because that's, that, that is the truth, and it's a fucking great ending. God, I'm really, you know, you pull it out of me like nobody, by the way. You know, you really do. That story again was shared by Jupiter Diego. You can listen to more from him, and you should, at jupiterdiego.com. Thanks to this month's executive-level patrons, it has been a fight to stay at that season three level, but you guys are a big part of making that happen. Cindy Krines, 802 Studios, Jennifer Cherney, Jill Galvez, Rob Holcomb, Richard Quartz, Matthew Gibson, and Anthony Cantu. If you'd like to join them and me, it's worth it, not just because it helps keep the show running, because it, it, it does. It's seriously, it's spaghetti for dinner around here. There's like a 20 minute bonus episode, uncut interviews, minisodes, actually hours of stuff that isn't in the main feed. You can only get it there. Yeah, I guess I'll just say that if my work has made your day that little bit brighter, I sure would appreciate it. That's at patreon.com slash the laps. Also, if you have a story to share, reach out to me. You, you don't have to be a writer or a professional storyteller, whatever that even means, you know, it just point for me a little bit about your story, about who you are, a little bit about your life. That's it. I will do my best to get back to you. Find me at storiesofthelabs.org. You can also follow me directly on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for any particular reason at The Laps Podcast. My name is Kyle Jest, and this was The Laps. Thank you so much for listening.